Good news, everyone. The producers caved. Yay! But it's not over yet. Boo. On September 24th, the WGA announced that they and the AMPTP have an agreement in principle for a new three-year contract, and they're ready to draft the agreement for ratification by the Guild membership. Which is great, and we want to send a big congratulations out to the WGA, their negotiating committee, and all the Guild members, because not only is a fair deal hopefully right around the corner, but you've proven yet again that strikes fucking work. Fucking a. Strikes are disruptive, of course, but they're supposed to be. When business as usual ain't cutting it anymore, workers have no choice but to unite, organize, stand up for what's fair, and strike. Everything that you like about your job, the pay, the bennies, the sick time, the vacation, the holidays, all of that is thanks to a union. And if you don't have that shit, or if you have it but it's not enough, that's thanks to a boss. And that's no hyperbole. We've said it before and we'll say it again. Unions are your friend. They benefit workers and they protect labor from exploitation by the bosses. That's right. If unions didn't benefit labor, corporations wouldn't spend so much time and money lobbying to make them illegal. If something scares the bosses, it's good for the workers. All workers. Plumbers. Electricians. Teachers. Truck drivers. Animators. Auto workers. Directors. Baristas. Forklift operators. Writers. Hotel employees. Strippers. Fuck Fuck yeah. yeah. And actors. SAG-AFTRA is still striking for a fair deal because the producers haven't come back to the negotiating table. So Hollywood's historic labor movement marches on. So as always, if you can, toss some scratch to entertainmentcommunity.org. Hollywood isn't back in production yet, but it will be soon because labor is fucking winning. And labor will always win, as long as we stand arm in arm, picket signs in hand, in solidarity. You can cut down our shade, you can bust up our sidewalks, but you'll never break our spirit. Labor's rallying cry will ring out, they have the plant, but we have the power. (laughs) I don't remember that one from the Communist Manifesto. It's from The Simpsons. I know. Adam, Lisa needs braces. Dental plan right there, <laughs> thanks to a labor union. Yeah. By the way, what clown said that eyes and teeth aren't just covered by your medical insurance? Why are those separate plans? You know what? It never made... Th- okay, here's the... It, so it's probably part of due to the pharmaceutical lobbies, right? I bet you they're thinking, oh, we got eye doctors. Why don't we have eye insurance? Hi, I'm JP. Doctors. And I'm Adam. I've never seen Lost. I have. I'm told that it's good. I liked it. I'm told that it made sense. Sort of. But we're watching it out of order. So it definitely won't make sense. But it might still be good. Since we won't expect it to make sense, we'll still be able to appreciate each episode on its own merits as a one-hour story. Sometimes two or three. As opposed to just a fraction of an ongoing, sprawling, and increasingly complex tangle of relationships, personal stories, mysteries, mythologies, experiments, social dynamics, unnatural disasters, unanswered questions, and hot tropical hookups. Are you okay? I'm not sure. Because you lost me a little bit there at the end. Good, because I've been lost since the beginning. We're We're lost lost on Lost. Welcome, everybody, to Lost on Lost. The Lost Effect? Sort of? Kind of? Sort of. Uh, Hey, I'm J.P. Russell, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who always watches his shows in order, Adam Busher. That is true. I would never watch anything out of order because it would kind of defeat the purpose of the whole serialized narrative, and I only watch serialized narrative. You would never spend a ton of time making a podcast about it if you didn't. Yeah, I would never spend, you know, upwards of two years of time and effort and energy and money <laughs> to talk about watching a show that'd be crazy yeah this is this is like a this is our season one debrief folks we made it we made it all the way through this is episode 70 i feel like i feel like we forgot something last episode but oh well um can't think of it whatever it would be can't think of what no yeah we just want to sit down and kind of talk about how the first half of the podcast went some stuff about the show and tell you what to look forward to in the next couple of months yeah like each episode of the show that we did save for one of them we talked about an episode of lost and just that episode and we didn't ever really zoom out and look at the big picture because the nature of watching the show out of order we didn't have the big picture we didn't have the big picture even a little yeah (laughs) yeah during my most recent vacation, I came to visit you, JP, and you and I and uh, and guests of the show uh, and former guest host Eric and uh, former guest Kai, the four of us sat down and tried to do a Columbo puzzle. Even though <laughs> we had the picture, we had no idea what we were doing. And at right. times, there were furious uh, stints of activity and progress being made by 
one of us, but never all four of us at the same time. Right. And that's kind of what this has been like. As my memory has been like filling in, rewatching the show, like my brain is starting to roll on. I was like, oh, I remember that, you know, that happened and that led to this and then that led to that because sure, of those two things. Sure. And then the same thing with you, you know, case in point, your your background extras document, that sort of thing. It's like <laughs> it's it's a different sort of thinking and problem solving, but our brains yeah, were problem functioning. solving, yeah. <laughs> our brains were putting pieces together. And now that we've watched it all, we hypothetically yeah. have the whole picture. Especially like the last five or six episodes, like everything really started to click into place for me mm-hmm. in terms of like, oh, okay, this led to that, this led to that. The only thing I never got a grasp on just because I didn't fucking care was like the Kate Sawyer Jack love triangle. Sure. Like when who kissed who because I was so bored by it yeah that during the recap for through the looking glass when it was like oh like somebody i think like kate kiss sawyer kate kiss jack or something like that in the recap and i was like i don't fucking care about any of this i forgot that any of them kissed any of them and that's because i'm abstinent for life that's right what's that honey uh but uh <laughs> yeah every everything really clicked into place i know that Season two of the podcast is probably going to be a little bit more difficult because I guess the nature of the show isn't as linear. Sort of, yeah. Because the producers had this end date that they had been begging for, they'd been allowed by ABC to bring the show to a close on their own terms. The through lines for the story arcs were clearer and a little bit more focused. They had, they did a lot of stalling, especially in season three. Sure. They do the opposite of stalling in the second half of the thing. Because not only do they have their clear end date on the cork board there in front of them, um, sure. season four was shortened by the 2007-2008 writer strike. They mm. had projected to do, I think, 18 episodes that season, and they only did 16, 15, something like that. But yeah, the, the second half of the show is going to be way more fragmented, again, because of the nature of the t- storytelling devices they chose to work with, which are awesome. But yeah, here on Lost on Lost, it's I think it's going to be doubly as hard to follow as this first half was. I'm fucking looking forward to it. <laughs> right. We're just here for the yucks anyway. I guess my one of my first questions here for you as somebody who had never seen Lost before is like yeah. having watched now all 60 whatever odd episodes of the first half of Lost, how'd you like it? What do you think? Like <laughs> when it's entertaining, it's entertaining. When it sucks, it sucks. Sure. Thinking about most recently, Fire and Water. Man, that yeah. was a bad episode of Lost, bad episode of television. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've talked about this at nauseum. If the same show were made today with streaming considerations and having learned the things that shows have learned from making Lost, like if they got to do the same thing a second time around, like a take two, man, this thing would be tight. It would be fucking sharp. It would be great. Because I feel like that's kind of like what Fringe is, right? Like Fringe still has a lot of episodes, but they figured out the formula of like, here's how we just fucking sink hooks into people. And we do it week after week after week. Yeah. If we're going to do 20 some episodes a season, let's have half as many main characters. Yeah. That's how we tighten it up. You know, or, you know, if you want to do a big ensemble like that, 13 some characters, whatever, do fewer episodes, tighten it up, make it streamlined, increase the pace, increase the tension increase the stakes, all of that stuff. You know, Lost didn't know necessarily how to uh, effectively do that throughout its run, even in the second half of the show, which I like better than the first half. But, you know, they they made, they did course corrections along the way, you know. Do you want to talk about storylines? Sure. Yeah, throughout the first half, seasons one through three, there were some fairly important sort of story arcs that either lasted a few episodes or a few seasons. I've written down a couple that I think were kind of like the the touchstones of season one. Sure, yeah. These recurring things that affected so many different whatever types of things chiefly mm-hmm. among them uh the hatch yeah that was the kind of the first big long long storyline that we were introduced to the entering of the hatch and then everything that uh that everything that was attached to it that stuff lasted all the way up from midpoint season one to the end of season two yeah, and that's that's one of the things that when you ask people like when i pitch the podcast people are like, yeah, I never watched Lost. There's like, uh, there's an island, there's a plane crash, there's polar bears on the island, and there's like a hatch. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those are like the four things people know. Right. And the guy from Party of Five. Right. So yeah, the hatch. Um, what did you think about the hatch? Did it live up to the hype? 
Hatch got done so fucking dirty. Like, <laughs> man, I loved the hatch so much, and there was so much about the hatch that I wanted to explore and know, and then it just got bloated the fuck up. I mean, we got our sweet boy Desmond out of there, which yes. if I got to choose between the hatch and Desmond, I'm choosing Desmond 10 times out of 10. But, like, yeah. you know, it was like we got in, didn't answer any questions, then we just kind of used it as Beach 2.0 or Cave 2.0, yeah. and then we blew it up. You yeah. know, just as, like, Saeed's, like, monkeying around trying to figure out magnets and shit. And I was like, ah, oh, this is cool. And the, the drawing and the kid drawing and just, like, I don't know. All, all the other hatches we've encountered seem fairly just like, uh, you know, it's just there's some weird social experiment. This one actually had something that was different about it and we learned basically nothing. Right, yeah, like it was framed originally when the survivors tried to look into it a little bit more that it was just a social experiment that they were just being watched. It turns out that yeah, they kind of turned that on their ear when they discovered the pearl, right. or the the tube dump from the pearl. Um, they right. realized that the people watching the swan, which is our first hatch, they were the experiment. And the swan is an actual neat geomagnetic subterranean thermal blada blada spa science thing which magnet is, fart which is in, which is incredibly interesting that turns the sky white and not purple <laughs> And yeah, like I, I, I think I would have to agree with you. I feel like there's a ton of potential there to do some really interesting, and strange, and compelling genre stuff. And they just didn't. Yeah, they were like, eh, well, we the, the button is loud, and annoying, but hey, we have a shower and some Apollo bars now, so it's all good. <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would have to agree. I'm glad we got Desmond out of it. But yeah, like there was some cool stuff in there that they were just like, like uh, see, like seeds, plot hooks that just kind of got abandoned. And like, if this yeah. is a D and D campaign. Sure. But there's a television sure, show. Sure, yeah. If you're not going to pay them off, why bother throwing them out there in the first place? <laughs> you're paying those writers. Pay them to write stuff that we're going to use. Right, right. Precisely. Wasted potential. That's how I would describe the the, I describe the hatch storyline. What else we got here? The Others. Yeah, yeah. the Others. The sort of primary antagonist to our survivors. You hear about the Others, I think, first from Danielle, probably. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's not really a thing until, like, season two. Because, like, close to the end of season one, like, the season one finale, that deals with Rousseau's threat that the Others are coming to take. Aaron. Right. It t- ends up being Walt, not Aaron. The thing with the others, it's like, we, we saw such an evolution of the others where they started out as the predator, you know, just like <laughs> in them trees. Yeah. And then they turn into fucking Looney Tunes by the end, like <laughs> fucking Tom with a fake beard with like a, a gun that's got a, the flag that says bang that comes out and they're just kind of blasted into the woods and I was like, he's riding around on a tugboat and it's like what what is happening here? I don't know. Like I, I personally like the I like the subterfuge of them putting up a front, trying to mask their true reality that they are just kind of like a bunch of libertarian communists, kind of like yeah, because they're not scientists like the Dharma Initiative, which is our next bullet. Point. Right. I was gonna say they they think that they're the Dharma Initiative. Yeah, but they're but really they're not. but they're just like like. When you look at the, like, we know why the 46 survivors are on the island. Yeah. They were in a plane crash. They're there by accident. We know why they're there. That's why they got in an accident. We don't know why the others are there. Because the others were there before Dharma, I think. Like, (laughs) sort of. And I think this will be clearly explained in the second half of the show, if you watch in order, but poorly explained for us here on Lost on Lost. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) In the second half of the show, we're going to be introduced to the Hostiles. That was in Man Behind the Curtain. Yeah, Yeah. Ben's flashback, back to his childhood, yeah. The Hostiles and the Others are not necessarily the same thing, but but there is some overlap there. If you imagine a Venn diagram of the Dharma Initiative, the others and the hostiles the others as they exist in the present day is like the middle triangle between those three circles sure watching a man behind the curtain as our third episode of the show was kind of fucking hilarious because well, and the fact that that's <laughs> one of the six episodes of the show i've seen already <laughs> yeah and it, i remembered because like, it's like the second to last episode of season three so they're at that point they know that they get they're going to do six seasons. They're doing three more years. They know that. So they're like, that's foundational stuff for season right. four, season five, season right. six. And so like, we just had it rattling around in our brains since 
fucking 2021. No, 2020, yeah. And there's so much of, like, season two that, like, where you don't know that Henry is Ben and who Ben is. And we knew from the fucking word yeah. go, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Which gives it all kinds of the interesting flip because, yeah, like the others for the chronological viewer is a question that was sort of asked when we started to see Ethan wasn't a survivor. And then when Rousseau was like, there are people here who are not you. But we were, we've been dealing with it from the jump. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the others, I mean, like uh, this, this hasn't been paid off, honestly. Like we, no, we have not, fi- we've not dealt with the end of the others plot line. They were a weird, yeah, they're like a group that, yeah, were the predator, then they were the Looney Tunes, but we're not going to find out what they actually are until next season. Uh, and it's kind of somewhere in the middle between the predator <laughs> and the Looney Tunes. <laughs> I was in a bar once and uh, this was when we were in college. And I talked to this old guy that we did a sketch comedy show called Six Reasons. And he just sits back real quick and he goes, I got an idea for for your show. <laughs> Abbott and Costello meet the Predator. And I was like, dude, that's actually fucking yeah, good, man. That's, that's got some brilliant. legs to it. <laughs> yeah. And that was Oshkosh City Councilman Tony Palmieri. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. What else we got here? Um, um, sort of a, a jumping off of the others, the Dharma Initiative. This is something that didn't... Yeah, this got introduced right around the time, the same time as the Hatch. Like, that's the first time we got exposed to anything about the Dharma Initiative. Everything in there is branded with Dharma Initiative. And from, yeah, probably about the beginning of Season 2, we get seeds of it here and there. So, yeah, what do you th- what do you, th- what do you think about the Dharma Initiative? Any thoughts it's, or theories? It's super fascinating. It's real clandestine, clandestine and esoteric, and I'm sure we'll get answers to everything you know like i know that the island can't necessarily be found but like still they're somehow getting like supply drops that's fascinating like who is still funding this on the back end Mm -hmm. like the submarine the fucking the pearl the radio like it's it's all fascinating and it's all like lore cool shit that i'm positive that's one of the things that people are like, nothing ever got fucking explained because everything is Dharma brand. And I, I just know we're not going to get answers to all the things that I want answers to. Uh, well, as far as the Dharma initiative concerned, is all of your questions being answered? Probably not. However, yeah. this, uh, the Dharma initiative into the second half is kind of an interesting and cool storyline that they do do a lot yeah. with. Um, mm. Yeah, I, th- I feel like they answer a decent amount. You, they don't answer everything, but they, they do some new stuff with the Dharma Initiative in season five. So okay. we'll probably be exposed to some new Dharma Initiative stuff pretty early in season two. I know that we're doing, you know, we're doing the season four premiere for our first episode, but then I think it's nothing but season five and six episodes for like the first <laughs> eight episodes of season two great perfect so so yeah so uh, i think we're gonna see especially i think we're gonna see some really interesting stuff with the dharma initiative um and i think that they're probably pigeonholed a little bit by the network they were like don't get too weird like you're weird enough but like yeah you've got these sure. hatches you've got the maps like why are like how are the hatches connected what are they doing yeah yeah, yeah. one of them's a geomagnetic thing one of them is a psych experiment <laughs> one's a fucking baby tomb like <laughs> one's a room full of jello but it's all like the bad flavors they're making an ant-man in one <laughs> one's got a sick rave <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get lots of answers to Room 23. We're going to have nothing but Room 23 answers. It's Room 23 all the way down. Oh, good. good. The the next thing I had written down was the tailies. And I guess by extension, sort of the expansion of the cast as as the first three seasons went by. Because Yeah, because that's what this show needed was more fucking people. Because, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think in the pilot there were 13 credited main characters, which is your standard size for an ensemble show, you know. Uh-huh. But, yeah, the tailies joining. <laughs> In the show early in season two is bernard our only survivor there's those not, two fucking kids but they don't like, count i was like yeah not technically he's the he's the last taily survivor Beach. still allied with the with the survivors yeah right right because and uh, then what's her face uh, yeah cindy and the kids have defected cindy, to the others yeah, yeah. it's it's so hard because like yeah on paper it just feels like a cheap like oh let's just throw more shit into the mix um but then you have an episode like the other 48 days i'm like fuck that's a good episode it's done just the right way mm-hmm. it's it's my feeling that if you want to add people to an already large ensemble you got to pay some of the existing people off and then let them you know sort of sunset or something you want to bring in four new characters you want to bring in echo Anna, lucia bernard and libby awesome cool are you hardly doing anything with claire you know yeah sideline her for a season kill kill her off <laughs> <laughs> which they i mean and they sort of did with shannon they weren't hardly doing anything with shannon so they 
kills Shannon. But again, they didn't really flesh anything out with Shannon. Like, right, you, but then the episode where they found something for her to do, they were like, oh, we need to make a, a Shannon-centric episode, and then they killed her. It's like, fuck! Yeah, the- and that's the thing. It's like you spent no time doing anything with Shannon, really, through the first season, season and a half. You decide to give her a story and then write her out. It's like, okay, why didn't you just yeah. do that a while ago? And it's like, oh, it's because we wanted to make Saeed angry. Because, again, fridging, which is lame. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's how you do that. Go ahead and bring more people in. I'm all for ensemble shows. I'm all for wide tapestry. So yeah, I mean, so it can be done. And you know, and again, they sort of did it, but I, I feel like they that was a fumble. They could have handled the size yeah. of the ensemble better, especially as they wanted to start adding people. You want to add some names? Fine. Give us some names. <laughs> well, especially if like really by the time we we really introduce them and understand who they are, they're just more beach survivors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If they were a separate plot line happening on the other side of the island and they kept missing each other, thinking that the other group was others or something like yeah. that. But yeah. the fact that it's like, oh, well, they're just going to come here and there are just more beach survivors. Yeah, now. Just and then we're going to kill them all off almost as soon as we meet them all. Yeah. Like what if there was a compelling reason for the tailies to stay at the hatch yeah. they found? They're like, there's actually a resource here that we need. And now actually we should split the group up. Instead, we, we are four people now or six, however many they were when they were at their hatch. They make contact with the main beach. And then the main beach mm-hmm. sends some of their folk over there. Now you've got two distinct locations, two now sources for storylines, two whatever, you know. Man, we should have wrote this fucking show. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you Can you think of any other big storylines, sort of overarching things that uh, happened throughout the first three seasons that you wanted to touch on? For me, the mo- that time that Jay Lee told Sun that he would never date her was really important. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll never fucking forgive him for that. Um, also, every scene with Jin's dad. Sure. Those, yeah. those two stand out a lot. Perfect. Uh, I had a note here to talk about interesting B-plots. The only one that I could really think of was... Um, Rousseau, she's not a main character. She's introduced as a supporting character. Like, she's around a lot. Her and her research team. Yeah, what the fuck's that all about? Yeah, that's just one of those big sort of still lingering unanswered, and I feel like important unanswered question that I think we get a bit of an answer to if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I don't know how satisfying the answer is, but I I think one is forthcoming in the second half of the show here. All right. But yeah, I I just love Mira Furlan in that role, and Rousseau is just so good. It's just cool weirdness. So, like, I'm looking forward to seeing, yes, more development of that plot line as we proceed yeah. forward. I made a note here to talk about your least interesting plot line. Was there something that we dealt with as a major sort of focus of our time and effort that you found, like, a complete waste of time and energy? I can think of one. When I said there's, like, four things that people know about the show, polar bears, man. There's <laughs> one in, in the pilot yeah. that is there for a second that just gets blast in the face. Yeah. Another one that shows up really shitty in another episode and production wise, they were like, that was awful. We cannot do another polar bear. And then everyone forgot about it. The viewers forgot about it. The, I mean, you know, there's the, the bear cages, I guess in like season three or whatever. Yeah. But then like, the survivors just don't fucking care that one of the planet's most dangerous predators is just on the island and we just never see it. It must have a massive food source someplace else that it's just willing to let all these people off the hook that are traipsing through the jungle all willy-nilly. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, okay, you wrote that in there. I'm assuming just to make the place To weird. fuck with people. Yeah. Yeah. And if that was your only reason, do something more production friendly. <laughs> right. Have there be penguins everywhere. Hell yeah. <laughs> the one standout to me was the pregnancy thing. Oh, sure. This yeah. is this is a subplot that comes up. It's really important during season three. Like, as I was, like, listening back to some of our old episodes, like, collating some data, doing some prep work for guests, editing, all that stuff. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, you and Eric and Kai harped pretty heavily on them not really explaining much about the problem with pregnancy and conception on the island when, sure, you, guys did, sure. did, when you guys did DOC. And I, as I was editing that episode, I was thinking to myself, I, I don't know if they do ever explain it. And if they don't, yeah. that's fucking lame. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, we, we, we have a woman who conceived prior to the island and gave birth on the island. Danielle Russo gave birth to Alex on the island. Sure. Not conceived right, on the island, yeah. born on the island. Still alive, still fine. Mother's fine, daughter's fine. Son comes to the island, gets pregnant on the island. It's a death sentence. Dr. Burke, Juliet, 
gets her sister pregnant who has cancer. So she's an incredibly intelligent and and uh, capable fertility surgeon, doctor. Sure. She has no answers after three years. It would have been nice if somewhere along the line are like, we have learned this. But they were like, in three years, we've learned nothing. Mm-hmm. Not only in three years have we learned nothing, all the years leading up to it before I got here, they learned nothing. Sure. Every morning, I'm starting my research from scratch. And again, you have a solution. If you want your weird other's commune to exist, but the women who conceive in the island die, go back to the mainland. Get them pregnant, <laughs> right. get them pregnant there. Come right. back here. Continue to do that while you continue to research what the problem with conceiving in the island right. is. Right. Yeah, the island's got these mystical powers. Well, women can't get pregnant. Not a problem. There's lots of other places where people can get pregnant. Yeah. Behind a Denny's yeah. in the back suite of a yeah. Volkswagen. <laughs> At a Stevie Nicks concert. Um, <laughs> I guess let's put like a little bit of cap on seasons one through three sure let's ask the question did we i mean we sort of touched on it at the top but like did we like it was good did you like the first three seasons like yeah yeah i I would say that i liked it more than i didn't i don't know what the statistics are going to show but we'll talk about that coming up yeah. yeah What about you? Yeah, I did. I, ha- I had a good time doing it. Not only watching it to do the show, uh, which I'm having a blast doing, but like watching the show itself, like, yeah, I liked I liked more of it than I disliked. I don't think I liked it as much as I did the first time around. But again, I'm now looking at these episodes on there just by themselves. And so, right, right, and right, like right, right. you said at the top, when it's great, it's great. And when it sucks, it sucks. Yeah. But on the whole, I think it's, I think it sucks way less than it rules. Like, I, I think it sure. rules way more. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I had a really good, sh- uh, really good time with the first three seasons. Yeah. Uh, so then let's do a lost MVP for the full season. Man, this is for the, tough. For, for the for full lost on lost season one, first three seasons. Now, I have some statistics, but let's go with vibes first. Who was your you th- who would you call your MVP for the first 3 years of the show? The problem is is that I think I know statistically who our MVP is. Sure. Because of that, I feel like that's influencing my gut reaction is I want to it's sort of a it's a 50-50 split. I want to say either Saeed or Desmond. Okay. Um I really like the two of them. Everything that they do, I'm just fascinated by. I enjoy watching them act. I enjoy watching their characters make decisions. I feel like Desmond, because of the supernatural element, I'm drawn to more. Sure. They they, they made Saeed too powerful, so they had to put him in the background a lot. Right. Uh, he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, we gave him a reason to be good at everything. Fuck, yeah. what about this white doctor that's got to be the savior? Because all the network knows is just like Nerf Saeed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna, I'll, you know, for vibe, I'm gonna say Desmond, man. Right. I fucking dig Desmond. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I like that. What about you? What's your, what's your vibe feeling? My vibe. Um, your vibe. And I know, I know this won't be reflected, reflected by the statistics. But honestly, my MVP for the first half is is Sawyer. Really? Yeah. And, wow. and mostly just because I'm always a fan of anti-heroes. Sure, he's, sure. He's not as... Scoundrel. Yeah, he's... He, yeah, rogues. Um, he's not. He's nowhere near as three-dimensional of a character as Walter White or Vic Mackey or Tony Soprano or anything like that. Sure. But he's in that same sort of vibe. He's in that same sort of wheelhouse. He's the bad... He's a bad guy, but he's one of our protagonists and so yeah i just always i've always liked anti heroes and i think through the first three seasons yeah we see him he he sucks so hard at the beginning and then he's better closer to the end he's still not necessarily likable on the whole but he's making progress and i like the fact that his progression from shit heel to less of a shit heel is also not a straight line he's got his ups and downs we call that the tom brady curve <laughs> Oh, wait, no. Less of a shit heel? Sorry, it's an inverse Brady. Sorry. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. that's me. That's what I'm going on with the vibe is, um, yeah, Sawyer. So. Yeah, that's now the thing. Like, every show does. Whoever you hate in, like, the first two episodes ends up being your favorite person by, like, the end of season two. Yeah, it is. A, it has become a bit of, of, a, of, a, of a trope uh, as time yeah. has gone by. So, so yeah, and uh, the other half of the, the coin, the Lost Forever, full season. Just on vibes only before we talk about the statistics. Who was your least favorite character of season one through three? I, I want to slap Charlie around. Okay, here's the deal. Shannon and Charlie should have been merged into one character. Sure. But then that's a character. Boone serves no purpose. Sure. I 
cannot stay in Boone. Yeah. Like the fact that he died off for us on the podcast so soon was great just because <laughs> I, I could jettison all thought of him from my mind. Sure. Um, yeah. He didn't fucking do anything except get in the way. And that's so frustrating. Yeah. What about you? I think it would probably be Ana Lucia. Honestly. Okay. Because, uh, again, like it's the same problem that Boone has. She gets in the way a lot. She, she does. She, she has the same desire. She wants to do the right thing. But again, because of the who she is as a character, the, her concept of what the right thing is, is 90% of the time a horrible idea. Yeah. yeah. Like when Jack comes up to her and says like, how long do you think it would take to train an army? She was, <laughs> she's like, that's a great question. Let's find yeah. out together instead of, yeah. you're nuts. <laughs> Let's not do that. Here, here's a better question. How long do you think it would take to build a wall? <laughs> Of bamboo she, around the beach so nobody comes and bothers us. She's always running on the beach in full skinny low-rise jeans. Like, I don't trust anybody that does that. Right, you got, you're got telling me that not one of those bags that you f- uh, rat-fucked from the nearby jungle didn't have a pair of running shorts in them? Not one? Couldn't just cut them jorts. So yeah, I don't see you, I think. Yeah. And yeah, again, when, she gets, when Michael kills her, like, that's so satisfying. <laughs> Yeah, but then uh, Lib- Libby got caught in the crossfire, and right. that actually sucked. Yeah, that actually sucks a lot. And then and Libby uh, played ably by Cynthia Watros, who starred on Titus for three seasons. I'm so sad that we're not going to see her anymore. Why are you looking like that? <laughs> I know this is a podcast, but you you do this maniacal smile every time you piece of shit. <sighs> So that's it. The Lost Forever full season just on vibes. Um, Ana Lucia and Boone Carlisle. Two characters that, despite the fact that they didn't even survive all three seasons, made all three seasons worse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, then, so we did the vibes. Let's talk about the hard numbers. Oh, I love hard numbers, baby. So throughout the first season of Lost and Lost Hero, I have been keeping painstaking notes on did we like it, was it good, Lost Forevers, and Lost MVPs. And so I've crunched the numbers. I'm now seeing this for the first time. I'm just opening up this document. So I've added a couple of notes to our main spreadsheet. Dude, you're so good at spreadsheets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna. I want to talk about a couple of things from our main spreadsheet before I move into the new spreadsheet I've created. Sure, sure. We've done. Uh, this is episode seventy. Um, we had one episode where we didn't talk about Lost. We did the work trip back in episode fifty-five. So there were sixty-eight separate episodes of Lost on Lost where we talked about either an hour or two of sure. produced Lost hours. Listening back to the show, we forgot to ask, did we like it, was it good for episodes two, three, four, five, and six? <laughs> okay. So these well, num- I don't know if we were, were we doing that then? Well, that's, the, we, we have lost in free MVPs and lost forevers for it. And we did ask the question in the pilot when Noel was on. But that was the 10th recorded episode. <laughs> Correct. So we may not have, have had the idea to ask, did we like it, was it good as an actual segment on the show until yeah give or yeah because i remember that seven. came in it was yeah, yeah not not initially in our so yeah. of the 68 episodes of lost and lost where we talked about an episode of lost 63 of them have an entry for did we like it wasn't good so these numbers are based on 63 the system and it's not the most sophisticated system basically like did we like it wasn't good yes no something in the middle a hard no is one point a hard yes is three points a meh is two with a like yes ish or a no ish like I I put yeah. in, I, I massage some things here and there, so the yeah. perfect score for a, a normal episode of Lost on Lost is a nine nine out of nine episodes where we had two guests the perfect score would have been twelve out of twelve and a bad score would be three out of nine. Uh, so that would be a consensus. No, none, nobody liked it. Sure. So a perfect score for the season all together would have been a 9.1. Okay. On the whole, the average score of an episode is rounded up to a 7, 6.99, which really? is which is a 76%, which is a C on the American grading scale. <laughs> So, like I said, this isn't a perfect sort of representation of what it is. We've got, give or take, 31 of the 68 episodes where we had a consensus between you, me, and our guests that it was good. Sure. Yes or yes-ish. And we only had eight episodes where you, me, and our guests all did not like the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Only eight, huh? Only eight, yeah. So 31 consensus yes, eight consensus no, that's 39. Um, So the remaining whatever, we're all somewhere in the middle. 
splits. Sure. You know, one, some of us liked it, some of us didn't. We had some consensus mat episodes. Those would have been just the scores of six out of nine. Um, we sure. had some splits. Like we, uh, here's a, here's an instance. Um, episode White Rabbit, Chrissy Ruiz's first appearance. It was a split where uh, you really liked it, uh, and Chrissy and I were kind of mad on it. So your score of three, me and Chrissy score of two, seven out of nine. So that's better than sure. better than an average score, but we were split on it. I think there were 23 episodes that got a perfect score from us, which would have been a nine out of nine or a 12 out of 12, whatever. Okay, I don't think right. I don't think any of our double um, guest episodes got perfect scores. Um, but yeah, so 31 oh, episodes where we, as a group, liked them. 21 of those 31 we all gave a perfect score highlights of that of course you know our most recent episode through the looking glass but then fan unfavorite expose <laughs> universally reviled episode expose perfect, yeah perfect score from us looking, here on lost on lost we're just saying is this a good 40 some odd minutes of television right. and you know what it was. Well, and that's the question is like, did we like it? And it's like Freddie said in that one episode, he's like, does this thing understand what it's trying to do? That episode knew it was trying to be a soap opera and it fucking nailed it. <laughs> right. Precisely. I, I could see if I was waiting for answers on the Dharma Initiative, watching this in order one episode a week and yep. I got that, I'd probably be furious. Watching it in this format oh. after we were introduced to Nikki and Paolo and hated them and then they die a fantastic death fuck amazing. yeah <laughs> amazing yeah yeah so that's it so yeah not quite half of our episodes okay. we gave yeah it's cool know, but well uh, more well more than half we either liked or were split on you know so that's interesting yeah this is this is really cool to look at we'll we'll have to post this online so people can take a look at it so lost mvp my first thing i want to mention is we had two <laughs> oh my god this spreadsheet is amazing <laughs> um we had two episodes from our in our lost MVPs that had uh, somebody swept swept MVP. Sure. Uh, going back to episode forty, um, where we covered Left Behind with Carter guest hosting for you and Patty uh, Robinson as our guest, Hurley swept that episode as the MVP. Sure. And then <laughs> episode fifty-eight, DOC, Eric filling in for me, and Kai as the guest. <laughs> Jin's dad swept the MVP. Yes. <laughs> So we had those two sweeps, two episodes where a character swept the Lost Forever, or the Lost MVP. Well, I'm pretty sure we liked Jin's dad in another episode, too, didn't we? In... Yeah, I think we did. So, so let's uh, let's go to my my separate Lost MVP uh, spreadsheet here. So this was a bit that we knew we were going to do from the jump, so every episode has entries. Yes. And, but there were some episodes in which you or me or the guests said more than one person or thing or concept. So over sure. the course of 68 episodes, we made 200. 29 separate lost MVP selections. Sure. <laughs> I've separated them into four categories. Uh, we have our main okay. cast. We have our supporting cast. We have our lost real world production folks. Law, uh, <laughs> real world people not involved with lost. <laughs> Edward Craven Walker, inventor of the lava lamp. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, of course, just other. Um, so that's sort of it. So five categories. Uh, so we'll start with our main cast. Um, I've highlighted here uh, the highest score that any main cast member got um, from us. Um, of my 78 selections that I made for Lost MVP, 58 of them were main characters. Sure. Um, my highest, of course, being Hurley. I selected Hurley 11 times uh, out of the 58. I selected uh, a main cast member. Your highest selection was Jin, Jin Su Kwan. You selected him. I only put Hurley once? Yeah. Well, because, like, to be fair, for the sake of making the podcast entertaining, sometimes, you know, if our guest says one that's just like, yeah, that's a solid pick. Yeah. Like, Hurley's a good pick for the episode. Yeah. I'll try to come up with something funnier than that or something more thoughtful. So, right. like... Again, these these statistics are as much jokes as our answers right. are. <laughs> but I, in my head, I I thought I had to have said Hurley more than once because I thought he would just sweep this. I mean, yeah. he is clearly the number one. Yes, overall, he is the most selected main cast member, 24 selections over the course of the first right. three. Right, and, yeah. and that's who I was struggling with with the vibe. It's like, I want to know the most about Desmond. Yeah. I'm probably the most entertained by Hurley. Sure. Hurley's yeah. the best character all around. Yeah, and uh, also reflected by our guests, our guests selecting uh, Hurley 12 times out of their 52 selections. So. Right. 
Right. So yeah, and then of the 229 selections we made, we selected a main cast member uh, 144 times, you, me, and the guests as a group. So more than half the time we selected a main character. But yeah, your most selected character, uh, Jin Su Kwan, uh, runner-up, John Locke. (laughs) Runner-up, John Locke. God damn it. And yeah, the top top five uh, for main characters: Hurley with twenty four, uh, Sun with sixteen selections, Jin Hell with fourteen yeah. selections, Locke with eleven, uh, nice. and then tied in fifth place, Said and Sawyer with ten each. Yeah. bunch of folks got one: Boone, yeah. Shannon. Vincent the Dog, Penny, Ana Lucia, Michael Dawson, Richard Alpert, Dr. Shepard, Christian Shepard, yeah, and Eloise Christian Hawking. Christian Shepard got one. Good for him. Uh, and then that would have been me. Yep. <laughs> I, I said Christian Shepard one time. <laughs> so yeah, anything, uh, any standout facts there that in the uh, mad cast section that you want to address before we move on to the supporting uh, cast? Jack's higher than I thought he would be. Jack with seven, tied uh, tied with Echo for sixth place. <laughs> That's wild to me because I like Echo a lot more than I like Jack right now. <laughs> well, according to the stats, you selected Echo and Jack once each. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And yeah, I gave Jack three, which is, I think, fewer than I thought I would have given him. That's what statistics are for, I guess. Numbers don't care about your feelings, Adam. <laughs> Next category, supporting cast. These numbers, there are way more (laughs) different selections here. Of the 229 selections, we've selected a supporting cast member 46 times. Our top five selected supporting cast members, Danielle Rousseau uh, with five. that tracks. Jin's dad with four again. So the three three selections that got him the sweep, you, Eric, and Kai, and then another guest somewhere along the line also selected Jin's dad, giving him four, (laughs) and three of them coming from one episode. Tied oh for third God. place, Alex Rousseau and Mikhail Bakunin. Right underneath them, Leslie Arst with two, and then a bunch <laughs> of folks tied with one each. My most yeah. selected supporting cast member was Mikhail. I had give I gave him all three of his points. <laughs> Your most selected supporting cast member, Danielle, and our guest's most selected supporting cast member was Mr. Kwan, Jin's dad. Fuck yeah, dude. I love that for Mr. Kwan. What a glow up. (laughs) Man's only in two episodes and he's top of the supporting cast. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and other pe- other notable people getting at least one vote. Um, Tom Friendly, Carl. I gave Carl a vote. What the fuck? That doesn't sound right. Uh, Carl Rags, Goldie. Uh, oh, fucking Goldie! What a Goldie! What a I, I'm a little king. sad that Goldie only got one vote. Well, he's only in one episode. Still. <laughs> well, technically two. Technically. <laughs> He's a corpse. <laughs> the next section on this lost real world production folks. So this included writers, actors, um, whatever. This was kind of a kind of didn't get selected a ton of times. 13 selections out of the 229. Jorge Garcia and Elizabeth Mitchell tying with two selections each. Sure. Yeah, other notable people there, uh, Nathan Fillion, Julie Bowen, John Terry. Yeah. All great guest cast. Let's take Ottawale's real world one and add that to his main cast one so that he can be a full number above Jack. <laughs> It's not how this works. I think it is. That's how stats work. You can just bend numbers to your will. You put an asterisk. You can put an asterisk on it. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. No, Goldie's putting an asterisk. <laughs> uh, two real-world people, Edward Craven Walker, the inventor of the lava lamp, and Chris the Glove Taylor, both selected by you. <laughs> Who the fuck is Chris the Glove Taylor? I had to go back and listen to the episode when you selected Chris the Glove Taylor. <laughs> He's a musician. He's a songwriter. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wrote a track specifically for Lost that doesn't exist anywhere. Walking across the beach, right? Yeah, and uh, (laughs) and you can't get the track anywhere. Uh, but it I'll is find a, it. It is a fucking banger. <laughs> the other category, 24 out of the 229 selections, some abstract ideas here. <laughs> um, the the winner, the polar bear slash polar bears. Three se- yeah. three selections. Our guests selected them twice. You selected them Our once. Our guests are fucking idiots. <laughs> uh, but yeah, interesting things in here. Um, the many and varied sticks of the tail is selected by Nick Brandle. Um, the the Halliburton case, the zero Halliburton case, getting one. Locks hair piece. Yeah, locks hair piece. Um, the the copier. Echoes that- left peck. Echoes right peck. Yeah. <laughs> Both selected by you in the same episode. You you called it a tie. Wow. <laughs> uh, I abstained oh once, and that was pretty recently. Jin's abs, man. I'm obsessed with boys' muscles. You do like muscles. You do like muscly boys. Um, but who can blame you, honestly? Gallon of Dharma Initiative range dressing. 
I thought that was kind of funny because for lost MVPs, I only selected a non-human or non-character thing once. Yeah. <laughs> and you did 11 times. <laughs> yeah, that track. So th- those are some stats for uh, yeah our lost MVPs. Um, Holy fuck. That's amazing. We'll, we'll, again, we'll have to post all this because this is, this is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to our statistics for Lost Forever. Oh, I'm so excited. Now again, when when we do Lost Forever's, um, it's just like Lost MVPs. Sometimes people name more than one thing. So over the course of sixty eight episodes, we made two hundred and thirty seven separate selections. So the five categories are, of course, our main cast, uh, our supporting cast, then our Lost real world production folks, then our real world people slash groups. I put the groups in here too because um, yeah. I didn't feel like they really fell into the others, the other category. So sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, so of the uh, two hundred thirty seven. Seven picks, uh, 120 of eight of them uh, were main cast. Our top five <laughs> lost list is amazing. <laughs> Our top five law lo- uh, lost forevers. Um, Dr. Jack Shepard coming in yeah, at number one. I fucking with, knew it. With fucking knew it, baby. <laughs> 23 selections out of the 128, a full like 20%. Um, the main character of the show. <laughs> coming in in second place, John Locke with 18. You fucking idiots. <laughs> Uh, third place, Charlie Pace with 15. Uh, fourth oh, place, shit. Kate Austin with 13. Dude, we need to bump Kate up some more, man. Locke, Locke doesn't deserve that. And then tied for fifth place, Sawyer and Michael Dawson both coming in uh, at 11. My most selected main cast member was a tie between John Locke and Charlie Pace. I selected them both seven times out of my 43 main ca- uh, cast member selections. Wow. Uh, you selected Dr. Jack Shepard six times out of your 32 uh, main character yeah. selections. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> and our guests selected ja- Jack Shepard 11 times out of their 53 <laughs> responses. Holy shit. Uh, of the 237 picks, I made 80 of them you made 69 and then our guests nice. made 88 <laughs> so i i made uh i made a lot of uh a lot of these picks because i there were That's several awesome. instances when i think there were two separate instances where i think i gave five people lost forever in one episode <laughs> fuck them they're, they're all culpable exactly they're all suspect um so then our next category is our supporting cast members our number one most support uh most selected cast uh, supporting cast member was edward mars the marshal yeah. with seven selections out of 68 tied for second place three-way tie for second place danny pickett randy nations and jay lee each with three <laughs> Uh, and then a whole handful of people tied for uh, fourth place here with two points apiece. Anthony Cooper, Roger Linus, Liam Pace, Ethan Ron, Danielle Rousseau, Leslie Aris, Secretary Byung Han, and the others at large. Tommy Do Heroin. Tommy That's Do Tom's Heroin. episode, right? Yeah. Uh, and that character's name is Tommy. I don't remember what his last name is, but uh, he's yeah. Charlie's heroin buddy. My... Yeah. Most picked uh, supporting cast member was Edward Mars. I selected him five times out of my 26 supporting cast members. You were least likely to select a supporting cast member for uh, MV or uh, Lost Forever out of yeah. out of us. Um, you only did 19. Yours were really spread out though. Uh, but yeah. you, you did select Jay Lee twice because he is a thumb and he's the worst. He looks sun in the face and told her basically that she was worthless yeah, and then is, has the audacity to come back and sleep with her unacceptable uh, absolutely insane. Uh, and then our our guests uh they had a three-way tie with uh, danny pickett anthony cooper and the others at large they each they were selected each uh twice out of the guests 23 selections interesting yeah this was a very widespread here on supporting cast a ton of people coming in with at least one vote um sure uh, the passenger flying with a copy of the Fountainhead, which we suspect may have been Boone, but we have no proof. Um, <laughs> it has to be. It fucking has to be. Uh, Isaac of Uluru and Isaac of Uluru's graphic designer. Oh, um, Rachel Claire's shitty best friend. <laughs> yep. yep. Claire, Claire's aunt, Lindsay Littleton. Um, just as many votes as the smoke monster. <laughs> But yeah, Cindy Chandler, our poor forgotten uh, flight attendant who defected to the other, she got she got rung up once. Alvar Hanso, um, the Honorable Warren Trust uh, Secretary of 
<laughs> agriculture, fisheries, and forestries of, of Australia. <laughs> Who the fuck is Mark Silverman? Uh, that's Jack's best friend from when he was a child, played ably oh, by yeah, Zach Ward, who played yeah. Dave in Titus for three years. <laughs> fuck yes, got him! Yes. God damn it! <laughs> However, this version of Mark Silverman was the child Mark Silverman who was not played by Zach Ward. And he got, um, I think he got given lost forever for just like eating punches and not being able to fight back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, supporting cast. Um, thanks for coming out, y'all. You guys stink. <laughs> <laughs> Lost real world production, folks. Selected 14 times out of the 237. Damon Lindelof uh, is the <laughs> champion there with two picks, both from me. <laughs> uh, but uh, five. Matthew Fox has one. Come on, man. That's just a pick for Jack. <laughs> no, I listened back and they the, the, uh, our guests specifically said Matthew Fox because of the way he acted. Fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, members, several members of the writing staff, Edward Kisses, Adam Horowitz, Elizabeth Sarnoff, Stephen Maida, Leonard Dick, Carlton Hughes, all getting rung up at least once. Um, uh, all of all of the writers, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> your, uh, your nemesis, April Webster, the casting director. <laughs> <laughs> one vote from you. <laughs> and I had to look this one up. Kevin Blank, the VFX supervisor. In one episode, I gave my lost forever to the person who decided that you could see the Sydney Opera House from everywhere in Oh, in nice, Sydney. nice, nice. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I was like, that was probably a VF. I mean, it, I'm, it's certainly a VFX. So I. Uh, well, I, we also have him to thank for the terrible Iraqi, like, yeah, more cityscape backgrounds. Yeah. And, so. yeah. Oh, man, this next category says a lot about me and you <laughs> as people. <laughs> it certainly does. The real world people slash groups. 13 selections out of 237, tied for first place, former President Ronald Reagan and the Roman Catholic Church, each with two votes apiece. You at home can guess who made those votes. Spoiler, I voted for Reagan twice. For Lost Forever, not in real life. Oh and JP voted for the Roman Catholic Church twice. That's amazing. Yeah. The designers of the 1972 Volkswagen <laughs> ESVW won the first vehicle with automatic seatbelts. I thought the LAPD was going to get more, but it only got one vote. Same total of yeah. votes as the 2004 uh, New York Yankees and the U.S. Army. Oh, man, we got to get Ayn Rand one more vote to be <laughs> tied with Reagan and the Roman Catholic Church. The CIA is hilarious because that was Carter, and that was not something I necessarily expected. <laughs> Hell yeah, Carter. Fucking <laughs> Carter based AF. Hell yeah, base as fuck, baby. Keep it real. We're gonna have to put that on his uh, his guest title entry. Based. <laughs> oh my god! And then the upper uh, middle class white folks. Yeah, that was that was Brett, and he was spot on with that. And yeah, the final category: other uh, fourteen selections out of the two hundred and thirty-seven. Um, all tied with one vote. We uh, none of these got more than one vote. I only made one selection here you made eight um i made our, eight and our guests made five uh, i i voted for edward morris's backup cops when they first arrested kate in the uh the obvious cops are obvious um, yeah 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 but yeah <laughs> i'll throw shade at carrie ann moss for stealing fucking elizabeth mitchell's career yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep yep very good wow. stuff yeah very good stuff tv movie this cards because is... of that fucking random nations uh card that you gave me <laughs> And the and the fucking uh, oh, the, the uh, bilingual one the bi-ling I tried to thing. buy, but they wanted like seventy dollars for it. Yeah, yeah. And then we have one final tab here: uh, the honorable oh, mentions. We did that. occasionally pass out a few honorable mentions. Um, nothing, wow. nothing too stellar here. Uh, Twenty-eight honorable mentions were given out over the course of the show. Twenty were given out to uh, main cast members. I gave out fifteen of them. <laughs> I gave out one to Power Rangers SPD. Yeah. And uh, and so on this chart, the blue ones are good honorable mentions. They were honorably honorably mentioned during Lost for uh, Lost MVP, and the reds are mentioned during the Lost Forevers. So yeah. Charlie Pace received an honorable mention, a positive honorable mention, and a negative honorable mention <laughs> at some sure. point from me. <laughs> and yeah, the Dead Zone Kids, Susan Porter, uh, Charlie's Fake Baby, the Bottle of Messages. Uh, yeah, the LAPD got an honorable mention. Golden Jesus, negative, a negative one, and uh, yeah, Golden Jesus. I think got a positive yeah, yeah julie so. bowen's eyebrows got an honorable mention but she was also in the lost forevers 
or the, the eyebrows were in the lost purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so then there was one final statistic, which now that we've mentioned the honorable mentions, I can talk about too. I, I did uh, do a fuck the police uh, A cab counter, which went up to 20. Holy shit. 20 separate times we selected a uh, a law enforcement individual as a lost forever wow. um, or honorably mentioned for lost forever. So Adam, this is a colossal amount of work and I appreciate the <laughs> shit out of it. And this is way more useful than that weird thing that I just spent months doing. I I, I disagree. I feel like it's as useful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, I mean, and this wasn't a time. I mean, it wasn't like you, you did, you put way more work into your, your project than mine. Cause mine, I've been, co- I've been slowly collating this over the course of, of the entire thing. Every episode I write these down. And so all I had to do was look at the data I had already collected a yeah. week at a time. So well, I, I would do the background extras as I was looking for preview images for sure. episodes. Yeah. It was just putting it all into some sort of viewable thing that I just took one eight hour work day and didn't do my job. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Love to hear that. You, we might as well use that as a segue to mention. I want to say thank you for all your hard work on our social media campaigns. Oh. Um, like, yes, some of the ideas are mine, but 85 to 90% of them are yours and a hundred percent of the work is you um so yeah, but listen i want to not take a compliment and throw one back at you you do a lot of work with all of the admin shit for this show that we we said two rules since day one it's got to be fun mm. and we're splitting the work and right, we yeah. have to continue to do that so y'all are gonna unfortunately get a back half of this fucking podcast <laughs> So yeah, so that's it. Uh, the, the those are the statistics. Those are the vibes. Those are the uh, the things we've t- covered already. Yeah, thank you to you, JP, for your continued social media uh, acumen and uh, expertise and uh, and oh, foolishness and silliness. Yeah, there we go. That's the word. And so then, now that we've talked about the last three years, let's talk about the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> the second half of the show yeah. is not going to be as long as the first half. The seasons four, five, and six have fewer episodes than seasons one, two, and three. So the second yeah. Lost on Lost season two will be shorter than the first one. Only by a handful, yeah. but it's going to be shorter. So yeah, things we're, things we're looking forward to. Yeah, well, so we're going to we're gonna take sort of a, a break. Well, not, not like a... Schedule, not, not like a schedule break. Yeah, not like a schedule break, but more of sort of a Lost-specific break. We're going we're gonna to do uh, what we are now calling the Lost Effect. So we're going to take some time and watch and talk about some lost adjacent content. So things that either were heavily influenced by Lost or things that, uh, well, what one product in particular that came before Lost, mm-hmm. um, like Lost could not have happened without it. And we're going to discuss that and talk about sort of how Lost has played a part in all of these other pieces of uh, property, you know, media that uh, that people are familiar with. Uh, yeah, we uh, we're still going to post on our regular schedule every couple of weeks, like normal, every other Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, we're going to touch on some, yeah, like JP said, Lost uh, Lost adjacent content, and uh, you know, it's us, so it's going to be kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a few real strange ones we've got. Pl- land in here that are more for us than you yeah. but <laughs> but uh, but yeah it's just for fun and yeah just to just to sort of shake shake it out a little bit you know like you know we've said a couple of the handful of times already we've been pre-producing and then producing this show since 2020, 2020. so like yeah here it's better part of three years and yeah, it's still yeah. it's still fun. Still having a blast. But I like it. We're, yeah, we're just gonna shake shake uh, shake the shake loose a little bit. Shake the shake, yeah. shake shake some muscles out. Well, we need some time to do. I I know we got to do some refresh of branding and graphics and sounds and things like that for season two. So this will give us a chance to work on that. Or we're not fucking killing ourselves because mm-hmm. we do have jobs outside of just this podcast, obviously. But. Which is honestly just the worst. <laughs> it's. Frankly, fucking rude that some fish had to crawl out of the fucking ocean, and now I gotta work eight hours a day. Well, I'm really probably only working like four, but then I can't do my podcast. That's right. It's unreasonable. <laughs> uh, Adam. <laughs> What are we watching next time? That's a great question, JP. You talked about a property that's been around since uh, well before Lost. Next week, we are going to be watching the pilot episode of the 1968 television show, The Prisoner, starring Patrick McGowan. What an unfortunate name. (laughs) 
but joining us for that recording is going to be media gadfly Jacob Holler. So those of oh, you, fuck who, yeah. So those of you who missed him, all of your dreams will be coming true at once. Yeah, the prisoner is a very, very interesting piece of television history, and uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're very much looking forward to talking to uh, talking about it, especially with Jacob. So well, hey. Thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of Lost on Lost, The Lost Effect. Yeah, The Lost Effect. Uh, I'm Adam. I'm JP. Do you have any idea what we've just done? No. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> Lost on Lost is produced and edited by me and JP. We wish to acknowledge that we live, work, and produce our show on occupied land. Burbank, California is located on the traditional tribal lands of the Tongva, Chumash, Keech, and Fernandeño Tataviam peoples. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is located on the traditional tribal lands of the Peoria, Potawatomi, Miyama, and Ho-Chunk peoples. And Lost was produced in Hawaii on the lands of the Kanaka Maoli. Visit native-land.ca to learn more about the land you live and work on. You can engage with us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter at Lost on Lost One. You can also email us at wearelostonlost at gmail.com or support us with dollar monies at coffee.com slash wearelostonlost. Thanks to Lostpedia and its community of contributors, Danny Schmitz, Random.org, and as always, you the listeners for tuning in. We're hosted at Podbean. You can hear us there or wherever you get your podcasts, except MySpace. We're, we're not on MySpace. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,